Hey listeners, my name is Kayla and I am the creator and host of a new podcast called Dark Tales from the Road. We cover true crime, spooky, creepy, and ghostly stories, and I want to take you state by state and country by country to bring you stories you may not have even heard of before, and also learn some history on the city and the state where it takes place. So join me on the road as we discover dark tales. New episodes are posted every Wednesday. I have an Instagram, Facebook, and a Patreon, all at Dark Tales from the Road. Thank you so much, and I hope everyone has a great day. The subject of today's episode will be the unmitigated hell that the women in and around Nanking went through during the occupation. Sexual assaults, murders, forced incest, family eradication, just to name a few, with only a couple instances of defiance and retaliation. Plus, we'll give a, hopefully, short history of how and why the Japanese got to this point and the atrocities they committed. And before you ask, yes, white people started it. On episode two, The Rape of Nanking. I'm Kevin Young. And I'm Dan. I am not looking forward to listening to this, Hurrigan. <laughs> this is torture. I'm not looking forward to talking about it, but here we go. <laughs> All right. Well, first off, I, I I'm aware this is our off week that we're putting this out. So for all of you who saw a brand new uh, show in your on your feed or whatever, uh, yeah, we're we're I'm, first episode on a regular Can week, it. second show on our off week, third show on a regular week, and then we'll be back to you know every other week. But I didn't want to I I didn't want to have to have people sit through a month and a half of this bullshit. <laughs> I say same 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 bat time, same bat channel. That's right. Um, so before we get going, uh, I'm going to put a timestamp in the show notes. What we're about to talk about is rough to get through. Uh, it's going to be rough for both of us to both speak about and listen to, um, for those of you out there who are triggered by this type of thing, um, the, the, the content of, of, this episode, uh, there will be a timestamp in there so you can skip ahead whatever you feel like. And if it gets too much, you can just, you know, look at what time it is, uh, skip to that point. It'll pick up right around the time women are starting to fight back. So it'll give you a little bit of a, you know, hurrah. Um, it's not, it's not like, you know, women put a big gang of, you know, it, it's not like, it's not like an end game where all the women came together and started kicking ass or anything like that. It's it's uh you know there are little instances of women sticking up for themselves, which you know might make you feel good. So, and you'll be able to hear the uh, you'll be able to hear the the history of what you know how it how it came to be, but you'll skip over the, all the the horribleness whenever you you know feel you need to. Yeah, I was going to say, and obviously us trying to um, bring some form of humor in some areas in order to break up all of the yeah the shit is not um hopefully it's not taken in a way that you know the the current council culture is if you get me <laughs> well uh everybody deals with shit in their own way and and people like us we deal with it by cracking jokes so hopefully yeah nobody takes it too seriously um I, dan is going to have a uh bunch of i believe it was irish jokes to tell if things gets too heavy uh yeah i've only read one of them and it was pretty terrible so it's kind of a good thing oh okay well. yeah so. irish dad jokes maybe that might that might be fun oh yeah let's look up some irish dad, dad jokes, jokes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh so keep that That's in mind keep the uh, show notes open if you feel like you're gonna have to jump ahead because you might hear the first uh few instances of what we're going to talk about and think oh this isn't too bad and then we get to one you're like nope because like i said before it's only gonna get worse until a certain point then it's not gonna be 
you know, worse anymore. It's just not going to be good. You'll see what I'm talking about when we get to it. <sighs> All right. So the rape of Nanking was called the rape of Nanking for a reason. It was because, with maybe the exception of the treatment of the Bengali women by Pakistani soldiers that would come in the 70s, the rape of Nanking was probably the single worst instance of wartime rape inflicted on a civilian population in world history. Hell, if you take into account the fact that the rape in Bangladesh in the early 70s took place over the course of nine months, the rape of Nanking, at least the worst of it, only took place for about six weeks. If the Japanese had more time, more women, and no one to stop them, I'm sure they could have easily surpassed the Pakistanis. You know, it's that Japanese, you know, but they, they got distracted. They got distracted by their decapitation competitions and Super Mario. You see, is what happened. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, I mean, so, you gotta break up the monotony somehow, I suppose. Yeah. So, <sighs> females, young and old, were raped almost around the clock there was literally no day no hour where a woman wasn't or a, a woman or a girl wasn't getting raped uh, the japanese would send out coal trucks and kidnap females from the city streets and nearby villages and allocate 15 to 20 soldiers per woman for sexual slavery even though the rape of an enemy woman had been outlawed by the Japanese. It was so embedded in the military culture that the outlawing wasn't taken seriously. Believing raping young virgins made them more powerful in battle or possessing magical powers by uh, uh, magical powers against injury by wearing amulets made from their victim's pubic hair. That's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> my that's, God. That's just gross. That's not... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. just gross. You can imagine, like, you're in the middle of battle, and next thing you get something in your teeth, you know, because you're wearing the amulet, and you're saying... <laughs> the other guy stops. He's, like, like pointing <laughs> yeah. at his mouth, like, you got it. Yeah. So, but because it was technically outlawed, the troops just decided to kill the women after the rape because, to quote a former Japanese soldier, dead bodies don't talk. That's pretty factual, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, true. Uh, some of them were paid off, but even the higher-ups in the Japanese military who knew it was wrong pretty much said... You'd, Okay, if you're going to do it, you either need to pay them off or kill them before they can run and tell somebody. Because if people, yeah. you know, outside of here find out about it, there might be some, you know, shit to stir up. <laughs> Little did they know that so many decades later, two idiots will be talking about it on a podcast. <laughs> um, before we continue, can I, uh, can I get a special with cheese um, and hold a side salad? Because you don't make friends with salad. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're sitting in the menu board. Nobody can. Nobody will. Oh. For anybody who's listening and not watching, I don't know if you're going to put this up as a video or not. No, this will. Um, this will. Uh, so the the all the YouTube videos from now on that um the the Zoom videos will be edited yeah and uh, put up on our Patreon. So if you you know when when the Patreon gets going, uh, by the time this comes out, it might already be going. Who knows? Um, but you subscribe to the Patreon, you'll be able to see the uh the Zoom videos and actually watch. Watch us, and, and for those of you who who uh, want to subscribe or, or, or have subscribed, you can see that um, I have Bob's Burgers Restaurant as my background today. Hence the order, food order. <laughs> <We needed. laughs> Just to avoid any confusion. Even you were confused, like, and you have it as your background. Look behind you, man. There's a, there's a, over there, yeah, there's salad available. <laughs> oh, no, thank fuck. you. Now, it is pretty much impossible to know the exact number of women and girls that were raped during the occupation. Estimates are as low as 20,000, as if, you know, that number's low, and as high yeah. as 80,000. Uh, it, it's also pretty much impossible to know the psychological toll, because many of the women who survived the ordeal found themselves pregnant. The subject of Chinese women impregnated by Japanese rapists in Nanking it's so sensitive that it's never really been completely studied. As far as we know, 
out of the potential tens of thousands of victims and possible pregnancies, not one single Chinese woman has ever come forward to admit that her child was the result of rape. It was looked down upon, really, to have a, yeah. a child, not uh, not just a child of rape, but a child of rape from the Japanese, or to have yeah, a child yeah. who was half Japanese. That was, it was taboo. Yes. Um, many of said children were secretly killed, either choked to death or drowned at birth. Uh, for many of those that couldn't bring themselves to commit infanticide, they chose another way out. And between 1937 and 1938, a, quote, uncounted number of Chinese women took their own lives by jumping into the Yangtze River. Mm. Okay. Probably easier ways to do it, but... You say, I hope all those Japanese soldiers got, like, syphilis or something. <laughs> oh, we'll get to some... Well, I mean, yeah. we won't cover, like, specific diseases, but disease will come up here in a little bit. Yeah, they all got a dose. <laughs> all from that one I guy. would imagine... I would imagine by the end of it, at least half of them had... That they're walking out or scratching. Something, yeah, the clap yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Gotteria, herpes. Yeah. What, I mean, something. There's no way. No way you could. Oh, you God. I can imagine the, the look of someone walking out there with things hanging out their faces and walking along, waddling as they're trying to not scratch and irritate as they walk out. Everybody's, yeah, you got like a group of like 10 of them and nine of them are walking or walking out bow-legged because of yeah, the yeah. hitches and they look at the 10th guy, they're like, what happened to you? He's like, I didn't rape anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> His mouth looked like a puckered asshole. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fuck him. This, okay, this, is, so, this is a good side. This, see, this is where we're, we're allowed to give the Japanese shit over what they did, you see. So yeah. we're allowed to laugh at their, their misfortunes as a result of being That's right. the ass the that women. they were. Laughing at, yeah, we're, we're poking fun at the, the bad guys. Yeah. So no female was in the clear. Victims spanned the spectrum. Uh, from farm wives to students and teachers, white-collar professionals to blue-collar workers, university professors, even Buddhist nuns, some of whom were gang-raped to death. No one was safe. Japanese soldiers looted homes to find women and girls, murdered the husbands, fathers, brothers, and any female that dared fight back or resist, sometimes conducting door-to-door -door searches demanding, quote, money and young girls. Which way, why would, I mean... It's bad enough you're looking for young girls. Why the why would you need Chinese money? You're trying no, to take no, over the country. Right, right. Why, what the fuck do you want to, the Chinese they're, they're, Chinese money? They're trying for? to they're trying to pay off the people that they've assaulted. You know, just kill them or pay them off. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh yeah. well, I suppose I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, no, no, it doesn't at all. But because if uh, they have their way, there's not going to be any Chinese money yeah. left. They're going to take over. Everything. Everything's going to yeah. go to the yen or whatever. They don't. They, it's. Ah. I don't know. Give me your money so I can, so well, you can burn I'm, it. For, I'm sorry, but they've already shown they're not that intelligent in that way so far, you know, considering all the things they're yeah. doing. Just go in there and murder. Who cares? Yeah. Can I get money yeah. too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me some money. Just, <laughs> Just do whatever yeah. you want. Go. Here's five uh, Chinese books. I get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> so what's a woman to do? She can hide out at her home or head to the international safety zone that was guarded by Americans and Europeans, which we'll talk about in the next episode. Uh, they also had to be very careful if they did go out, uh, not to get caught in a trap. So traps like uh, the Japanese army told people about markets where women could exchange bags of rice and flour for chickens and ducks. But when they would arrive, they would be grabbed by troops and taken away. Even couldn't trust other Chinese because there were traders amongst them, others that would sell them out for any number of perks. Whether well, just be getting out of wherever they were alive and their families being left alone to getting you know paid money or extra rations or whatever yeah. was going on there, there was you know some of their own would you know or literally just under under duress or whatever like yeah sell each other out. I mean, it, it yeah. there's all, it, that always happens. 
it's human nature as well to a certain extent. So. Yeah, to take care of yourself and yours. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So like I had said, the Chinese women literally raped everywhere all the time. About a third of them taking place in broad daylight, sometimes in the middle of the street, in front of crowds of people. And other than the international safety zone, which wasn't always safe itself, nowhere was safe. Uh, nunneries, churches, Bible training schools, nothing held sacred. There's a story of 17 soldiers that once raped a woman after one after another in a seminary compound. So just they don't they didn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Quote the uh, Dagon Daily newspaper. There was not one hour when an innocent woman was not being dragged off somewhere by a Japanese soldier. Which and again, I keep I keep going back to thinking that this is like, even though I know it's not, I keep thinking, oh, this is a small village, and they're just kind of going to this is a, this is a major metropolitan. This is a huge city. It was the capital. It's gigantic. Over a million people live there. Yeah, and all of a sudden, every corner of it's being filled with rape. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I wondered if those numbers that you quoted earlier were short. Like, surely they were. There are more victims, considering the population and... I get the, you know. We'll cover the numbers of, of deaths and, and all that type of stuff um, soon into the, into the last episode. Because there's, there's a lot of back and forth about how many people were actually there, how many people were murdered and raped and all this. Um, cause it very, you know, the deaths vary, you know, people say it's anywhere from, you know, a hundred thousand, which is really low to, uh, 800,000, which is way, way too high for the amount of people that got out. Um, yeah, yeah. So the real number obviously can never really be known. It could just be estimated. You know, you almost take a grid and be like, okay, there was this many people raped here. And then you just multiply it. it yeah. 80,000 as odd as it sounds seemed a bit low to me as well, but. You know, that's just based on the numbers and the frequency, you know. Yeah. There's also the point that some of the women that were being raped were brought in from uh, other places in China, Korea, uh, the Philippines, and some Japanese women that were brought along and they were turned into prostitutes. So they're like, okay, you know, instead of being viciously raped all the time, I'll just be a prostitute. And they can, you know, do with me what they need to. And actually, the prostitutes, the women who did it voluntarily, were much better treated than the women that they captured and raped. I mean, the women. See, they obviously took. They obviously took Chinese currency, which is why the boys knocking on the doors were looking for Chinese currency. There you go. I guess Boom. that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, in the they would I'll get to here in a little bit they would uh, grab women then take them to buildings and like chain them up and use them as sex slaves and so the the ones who were captured were chained to beds because they were afraid they're gonna try and leave but then prostitutes were just walking around these buildings free and clear to do whatever they want as long as one of Japanese soldiers said hey let's go they you know let's, went let's go yeah yeah. So I'm not saying that that's, you know, what you should do. You should just lay back and take it and, and, you know, join in. That's not what I'm saying. But the women who did that got treated much better than the women who resisted or fought back. They, did, the they, they, they followed the American dream, you see. They found a way to capitalize on it and make their own situation better. Yeah. Which is so charge so them forward. So <laughs> Supply and demand. <laughs> Oh, fuck. So, age also played absolutely zero factor in whether or not you got raped or not. Grandmothers and great-grandmothers were assaulted just as much and as freely as middle-aged or younger women. Um, after a soldier had raped one 60-year-old woman, he told her to, quote, clean the penis with your mouth. We've all said that. A, which is a weird way to say it. Weird way to say it. <laughs> And then when a, a woman of 62 told a soldier that she was too old for sex, they rammed a stick up inside her instead. I was going to say, yeah, they probably showed her 
Yeah. She wasn't. Yeah. She actually Ugh. ended up surviving that, but still. Um, women in their 80s were raped to death. And if you pro- protested or fought off your assailant, you were shot or worse. Yeah. That we've established there are worse things than, you know, being uh, yeah. shot and left. I'd dead. rather just be shot. <laughs> yes, just shoot me. Please, just right there. Yeah. Please. Or in the gut, even. I'm pretty sure I would rather go through that trauma than. Yeah, because it's still only going to be else. a few minutes and then you're gone. Uh, a lot yeah. of the other stuff lasts for as long as they want it to. Yeah. And then but, some. Yeah. If the uh, treatment of the elderly was terrible, then the treatment of young children was unthinkable. Okay. So this might be one of those points where you <laughs> want to stop and jump forward. Perfectly fine. I understand. But uh, we're going to go ahead. So hold on. Little girls were raped so brutally that some couldn't walk for weeks afterwards. Uh, Many required surgery. Some died. And at least one occasion, but probably many more, a girl under the age of 10 was raped in the streets and then cut in half with a sword. And in some cases, I even put a little spot on here for deep breath because I know this one's tough. Have a joke ready for afterwards because you might need a break. In some cases, smaller girls had their vaginas sliced open with swords in order to rape them more effectively. Okay. Um... (laughs) I'm so sorry. Dear Lord. Right. Yeah, so I'll have to interject here now. Yeah. Let's just take a second. Yeah. Um, breath. Why can't you borrow? Why can't you borrow money from a leprechaun, Kevin? I do not know. They're all. They are always a little short. Oh. Now. Very good. Here, here, here's a here's a slightly longer one for you. Okay. So, an Irish man walks into a bar. He sits up at the bar, takes a leprechaun out of his pocket, puts him up on the bar, orders two drinks. And they're both sitting there having their drinks. And there's this English man down the other end of the bar and he shouts out, Hey, what's that little man you have there? And the Irish man goes, oh, That's my leprechaun. And uh, he's like, oh, He's an ugly little bastard. And so then the leprechaun runs over up into the guy's face and goes, <laughs> Right in his face. And he runs back and the Englishman gets really angry and he's like, just kind of calms down in for a second. And a little while later, they're getting more drunk and he starts getting a bit more brave. And he's like, he really is an ugly little shit, isn't he? And the next <laughs> thing, the leprechaun jumps up, runs over again, goes <laughs> right in his face. Okay. Blowing raspberries, everybody, <laughs> just in case. So he goes back down and then little, but he's getting a bit angrier anyway. So then he, uh, <laughs> second, wait. What is he saying? You're going to have to edit this now because I'm after losing it. <laughs> no, no. The best part is when you stop telling the joke oh, and laugh for a minute so you can catch it. So you can catch it. <laughs> right, so the English man stands up and he says, he says, you tell that little shit if he does that again, I'm going to chop his penis off. Right? And the Irish man goes, well, he doesn't have one. And the English man says, well, how does he piss? He goes, he goes, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Oh, fuck. All right. Oh, so pregnancy wouldn't he- hinder the Japanese advances either. Uh, they raped women who were close to labor, actively in labor, or who had just given birth. One nine-month pregnant woman was raped so brutally that she lost the baby. Jesus. Yeah, it, it's hard to lose a baby at nine months pregnant. I mean, that thing's already damn near a person ready to you know, yeah, come yeah. out and walk around. Uh, women that refused were often kicked to death, and some, after a rape, okay, have maybe have another joke ready because this one's bad too, would have their bellies cut open and the fetus ripped out. Sometimes they just left it there with the baby, Mostly unharmed. Sometimes they took it and threw it away, and other times they just bayoneted it to death. Hmm. That is pretty fucked up. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> so every every, every uh, <laughs> I got to read this one as I'm doing it because I hadn't heard haven't heard this one before myself. So uh, every night an Irish man walks into a bar and he orders orders three shots of whiskey. He downs each shot, pays the barman, and leaves. The barman eventually asks him why he always drinks exactly three shots. He said, it's one for me and one for each of my brothers, he tells the barman. One is in America and the other is in Australia. And we do we do this to feel like we're all still drinking together. A month later, the Irish man only orders two shots of whiskey. Oh no, says the barman. I'm sorry for your loss. Was it the brother that was in America or the brother in Australia? He goes, what, says the Irish man looking puzzled. He glances down the glasses of whiskey. He goes, oh no, Jesus, no, it's nothing like that. I've just decided to stop drinking. <laughs> You know what? I think I've heard that one before, but I couldn't remember it, so I didn't stop you. But yeah, come on! I'm seeing a trend of the Irish jokes. They take place at a bar. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only two I've found so far. <laughs> oh fuck! So many times, the rapes were just a precursor or an accompaniment to the slaughter of entire families. Uh, one of the most notorious stories of which happened on the very first day of occupation. All right, they didn't, they don't, they didn't waste any time. This wasn't something that they built up to. It's like, well, let's murder people on day one, and day two, maybe we'll start raping. No, the very day that the Japanese came through the gates, they started this shit. Mm. Again, end of the story. Might need to have another Irish dad joke ready. Okay, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> It, it, it's pretty much after every paragraph you're probably going to yeah, 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 so, yeah. so Japanese soldiers banged on the door of the Hesai home where the um, entire family and the landlords were staying. Now once the landlords opened the door, he and Mr. Hesai were killed, just like immediately. Then the landlord's wife was shot because she protested. It's like, why are you shooting people? So she just got shot too. So they found Mrs. Hasai hiding under a table with their one-year-old baby. They dragged her out, stripped her naked, raped her, bayoneted her in the chest, and then shoved a perfume bottle up inside her. <clears throat> then they killed the baby. After that, they headed to another room, where Mrs. Hasai's parents were hiding with their 16- and 14-year-old granddaughters. Both grandparents were murdered before the soldiers took turn raping the girls two or three at a time. Then they found an eight-year-old girl hiding under a blanket with her four-year-old sister. She was bayoneted as well, but survived. The four-year-old was spared, but she hid under the blanket for so long after the attack that she endured lifelong brain damage from the lack of oxygen. Jesus. Before leaving, we're not done yet, the soldiers killed the landlord's four- and two-year-olds, bayoneting the older and splitting the head open of the younger. The two girls that survived did so on what is called rice crusts that the mother had just made for about 14 days before rescue came, and when it did come, witnesses found fresh blood from fresh rapes of the eight-year-old girl. Are you okay? Just like, what the... <sighs> I told you, it's not going to get better. Did you hear about corduroy pillows? <laughs> I did not. They're making headlines. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's one of the best dad jokes I've read. I saw it and I was like, oh, I have to tell this. <laughs> oh, fuck. I need to have just a dad uh, joke podcast instead. That would be a lot funnier than, well, I don't know about a lot funnier, but. Uh, what <laughs> actually, did, this is what actually my, my father used to say as well. <laughs> did you get a haircut? Said, no, I got them no, all cut. Got them all cut. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. <sighs> so sometimes, 
It's just weird to just jump right back into it. Sometimes women and girls were knocked out and taken to buildings in the city where they were tied up with ropes or chains to be used at will, like I had mentioned. Uh, One 15-year-old, probably one of many, was raped every day two or three times a day for a month and a half until she became so diseased that the Japanese would no longer touch her. Many of the girls like this committed or at least attempted suicide. That's just, yeah. They could. I mean, I mean, if you're the girl, you almost kind of hope to catch whatever they have, so they'll leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, how bad is it that she's so diseased that they won't touch her? They can see that she's diseased. Yeah. 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 Or yeah, smell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. One or the other. Probably probably both. Yeah. So, you know, in case you're wondering, yes, the men in these women's lives oftentimes did try to stop what was happening to them. Um, but they would almost always endure their own torture or death. It wasn't something, you know, a man stood up and said, leave my wife alone. And they're like, oh, okay. You know, you know, the, so one man who tried to stop the rape of his wife, uh, they stuck a wire through his nose and tied him to a tree like a bull and then stabbed him repeatedly and left him to die. That's not as bad as some of the other things, so to be fair. Yeah, to be fair, that's that's oh. not bad. Um, again, the women, everything that the women went through is a lot worse than anything that the men went through, um, unless you consider having to watch your loved one be brutally raped by a gang of Japanese men. That's yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there was the rape and sexual degradation for entertainment purposes. Now, the Japanese, for some reason, love to put weird objects inside of Chinese vaginas. I don't understand what Perfume it is. Perfume bottles? <laughs> well, they get worse. So if you were to walk down a business Action street... man. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yes, an, an action man. An action man? <laughs> yeah. So know. if you were to walk down a busy street, you could see multiple cases of dead women splayed out, legs open, with things like rods, twigs, bottles, weeds, and golf clubs, not just placed inside, but rammed hard up inside women. Okay. I don't know why I found oh. twigs to be the sound the strangest. I could just... I thought weeds like, you know, were like, were you just picking a dandelion? And I mean, what kind of weeds yeah. are you? Pick? I mean, it's just weird. But uh, <sighs> yeah, take a breath because this next one's bad. <clears throat> One barber's wife was raped, and then firecrackers were stuck it's up inside her and lit. The explosion. <clears throat> Obviously killed her. Got another one of those jokes ready to go? Because, again, it's so uh, horrible. What's a, what's a Frenchman's favorite video game console? I don't know. Oh. The Nintendo Wii. Wii Wii, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 There was that one yeah. where, um, did you hear about the uh, the cheese expl- the the cheese factory explosion in France in France there no. was debris everywhere yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> I would, uh, a ham sandwich walks into a bar and orders a beer the bartender says sorry we don't serve food here nice I've heard the same thing about the, the coal miners coal miners walk into a, a bar and they say, no, we don't serve miners yeah, yeah 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 I have a really good one about um Catholic priest and a Jewish rabbi, I'll tell uh, a little bit later. So, uh, not all of the victims were women. Now, we wouldn't be men if we didn't talk about the little bit of torment the men endured while, like, it was the same as what the women went through, you know? Man, man getting cold is the same as a woman giving birth, pretty much, you know? Yeah, getting flicked uh, in the balls. That's right. Men were also raped or forced to perform unthinkable acts. Like one man who was murdered because he refused to commit necrophilia on a corpse in the snow. Uh, one woman that tried to escape the town dressed as a man was captured, gang raped at the gates to the city, 
And then when a Buddhist monk who take vows of celibacy walked by, he was forced to rape the woman as well. When he refused, he was... Dan, take a breath and hold on to something. He was castrated and left to bleed to death. That's not as bad as the golf club. No, it's not as bad as the golf <laughs> so, club, but it still hurts a lot. Yeah. You know. If, yeah, you automatically feel that and then in the Yeah, you yeah. In the yeah, region. We all feel it. So the Japanese oh. also had kind of a kink for incest. Uh, they loved making fathers rape their daughters, brothers their sisters, sons their mothers, and were killed on the spot when they refused. Some took the other way out. Uh, one family that was attacked on a boat trying to escape the city all jumped off the ship to their deaths rather than rape one another. After, I mean, it was after all the women had already been raped by the Japanese soldiers, and the Japanese soldiers are like, Okay, now you do it. You you come do it. And they all said no, and they, they all jumped off the ship. And again, this is in the December and January. The Yangtze River is, uh, you know, frozen pretty much. You go in that water, you know, yeah. good chance you're not going to come out. Sounds like it's already full of bodies anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, at one point, there's you could probably jump off a ship and just walk across the water on top of the bodies that were in there. Yeah. yeah. So... Women had to become inventive, determined, and when all else fails, warriors themselves. Some women took to hiding in pig pens, deserted houses, covered holes in the earth, under the bodies of others in ditches for days at a time. Some women shaved their heads and rolled in the mud to make themselves look like men. One woman used a cane, dressing as an old hobbling woman, and carried a six-year-old on her back under her clothes to make it look like a giant hump. Pretty pretty good. Some feign sickness by forcing themselves to vomit, claim to be diseased, or they wouldn't wash themselves for weeks so the Japanese couldn't stand the smell. <laughs> well, we've it doesn't all seem like that stops them. <laughs> Others just simply ran away. Not the most extravagant or inventive of solutions, but if you were quick enough, it worked. Ducking in and out of crowds, tripping soldiers and running off, jumping out of windows of buildings, anything you could do to get away. Others still decided to fight. One school teacher gunned down five Japanese before being shot to death herself. Yeah, the most famous well, not the not the shot to death part, the shooting the Japanese yeah. part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't celebrating her death. <laughs> no, no. Go down and fla blaze of glory. Blaze of glory, yeah. But the most famous story is that of Li Shou-Ying. And yes, I looked up the pronunciation of her name. Uh, I did it not long before we get, uh, started recording. Actually, I found an interview with Irish Chang, the author of the book we're referencing, um, where she talks. Uh, it, it's an interview on camera she does with C-SPAN. And uh, she actually tells you, you know, the story of it. And it's Li Shou-Ying. There you go. Uh, now, this woman might honestly be my new hero. All right. So Lee was an 18-year-old, six to seven months pregnant. At the time of her attack, they actually lived in a basement uh, of a school in a safety zone. Her husband was in the military. He was off. Uh, he was, he was well, he was in the government, um, not so much the military. And he was out of Nanking. Uh, at the beginning of the uh, occupation, actually before the Japanese came in and, and took everything over, most of the government got the fuck out. Uh, he was forced to go. So she was there with, like, her brothers and her father. Um, but they were living in a school, in the basement of a school, in the safety zone. However, the safety zone, as we will talk about in the third episode was not immune to raids. So just five after five after, so five days after the beginning of the invasion, the school was overtaken and all the men were whisked away. Uh, they came back the next day for the women. Lee decided to knock herself out, hoping that the Japanese would leave her be. So she bashed her head against the basement wall. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. When she finally regained consciousness, she found herself laying on a cot in the same basement. 
She decided to act as if she was still unconscious when three soldiers came in. Two of them took other women with them and left. When the third, a short and skinny soldier, went to grab her, another woman shouted at him that she was sick. Now, he throws this little temper tantrum, starts kicking everybody else out of the room, which honestly is a rookie mistake. You never leave yourself alone with the unconscious woman you intend to harm. You watch a fucking movie. It's amateur hour, for Christ's sake. So, it's like the classic, oh, my hands hurt. Please don't tie me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I use the bathroom? I swear. Yeah. So, what happens is this, and again, he's he's, he's short, he's skinny, we'll just go scrawny, he's fucking, he's a little shit. Um, Lee grows up with no female uh, influence in her life. Her mother died when she was young. So she grows up with her dad and her brothers. So she's quite the tomboy, somebody who can handle herself. So when this shit of a soldier is looking her over, getting ready to do whatever he wants to do, she jumps up and grabs the bayonet off of his belt. He grabs her arm that is holding the the, the one that has grabbed the bayonet. So with her other arm, with her other hand, she grabs his collar, pulls him in close, and bites him right on the arm, nice. through his uniform, as hard as she fucking can. When you said bayonet at first, I thought you were about to say a different B word. And then when you said collar, <laughs> I thought you were saying a different <laughs> word, too. No, no, not would have been That would have been that a smart been play, too. all the same. That yeah. would have been great, too. So she's biting him. Uh, he's, like, screaming. He kind of pushes her off. Uh, she goes to the wall, and then he attacks her, tries to get his bayonet back. And they they fight for the bayonet for a while. Next thing you know, they're rolling around on the ground, and she pins him down, and she's getting ready to kill him. When he starts screaming like the little bitch that he is, and his Mm -hmm. two soldier buddies come running in. She stands up, grabs the soldier, and the, the other two start stabbing at her with their bayonets. Well, this this soldier's so fucking tiny, and she's just so fucking tough that she starts that she picks him up off the ground and starts using him as a fucking shield, like moving him nice. back and forth, <laughs> up and down. So they're doing everything they can to not stab him, but still stab yeah, her. Yeah, to try and stab her. Yeah. So she's you know she's she's ducking and weaving for a while. They do eventually uh, get a few good stabs in on her. They actually end up slicing her face. Uh, one of the bayonets knocks out a bunch of her teeth. That doesn't stop old Lee, because when she she's still, you know, ducking and weaving, using this guy as a shield, the blood is filling her mouth. She puts the soldier down and spits the blood into the soldier's eyes. <laughs> she's, she's just like, "Fuck you! You want it? You're gonna have to fight for it." Oh, this is brutal. <laughs> Eventually, they end up stabbing her in the gut. Uh, she falls down. They, you know, they keep stabbing her. Uh, then they leave to go get, you know, their buddy medical attention. Uh, the father ends up coming back. She's found. I'm guessing by the other woman. She's found. They notify the father and the brothers. They come and get her. Uh, and they take her out back behind the school to where they had dug a grave. Mm-hmm. Luckily... One of the people, whoever it was, somebody noticed that she was foaming blood at the mouth, which means there was air. air. So she's still breathing. They get her to the hospital. She ends up getting stitched up 37 bayonet wounds. They stab out the whites of her eyes, but she never lost her vision. And this woman lived, I believe, until the late 90s, early 2000s before she finally passed away with, you know, a family and everything. She I, I believe Lord. she I believe she lost the baby though that she was yeah. pregnant with at the time. Wouldn't um, be surprised. Yeah. She lived with scars all over her, her face and her body for the rest of her life. Obviously, she had a big hole inside of her nose that would drain uh, mucus all the time. Uh, her eyes would tear up for no reason. Um, but She'd say that uh, over over time, the wrinkles overtook her scars. And, mm. 
you know, so time heals all wounds, I suppose. Uh, but that woman is a fucking badass. I've learned one thing from doing this podcast so far is that Chinese people are hardcore as hell because <laughs> the Ling Chi guy, you now this woman, yeah, they're probably both sitting there kind of looking at you going, yeah, respect, right. you know? That's right. So that that kind of does it for the horribleness and, and, the, and, and the raping. So if you were able to make it through that, banana sticker for you proud of you <laughs> ding, ding, uh, ding, 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 weren't ding. able to make it through all that completely fucking understand hopefully you came back for this part <laughs> i think they were more appalled by the jokes they threw in <laughs> the in the middle of it all the <laughs> jokes were great here's another one for you uh, go ahead so uh uh well we call here in, in ireland we call our police are called the garda a Garda okay. and the Garda Shikana, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, a Garda pulls over a car, sees weaving down the road, and as he approaches, you can see a wine bottle sitting in the passenger seat. And as the driver winds down the window, he realizes that it's a priest. You know, my favorite people. Sure. So, a strong smell of wine comes out of the car, and the Garda says, "Have Have you been drinking, Father?" And the priest says, "Oh no, no, I've just been drinking water." And the guard says, but I can smell the wine, father. And the, guard, and the priest looks at the bottle and then looks up at the sky and he goes, Lord, you've done it again. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Uh, here's here's the, the Catholic priest and the, and the rabbi one. So a Catholic priest and a rabbi are uh, are on a plane sitting next to each other. And they, you know, they're, they're talking. Just having a nice conversation. And uh, the lady comes uh, comes around. The, the little lady, the stewardess comes around offering people, you know, their food. Um, she comes up, she says, we have um, ham sandwich and we have um, salad. Which one would you like? And the priest says, oh, ham sandwich. And, you know, the rabbi goes, oh, you know, salad, can't have pork. You know, so salad. And uh, they're just, you know. Sitting there having their their lunch or whatever, and and uh, priest is like, "How's your salad?" He's like, "Man, it's okay." Uh, How's ham sandwich? He's like, "It's great." He's like, "Oh, you can't have ham, can you?" He's like, "No, I can't. oh man, ham, it's great. It's, it's sweet, it's salty, it's moist. Oh, it's it's just ham. It's it's great." Oh, okay. So they're flying, and they start talking about their lives and. Uh, the rabbi starts talking about his his family. He's like, he's got you know three boys and a wife, and everything's great. And the priest is like, oh, you got a family? Oh, you guys can do that? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, big families. He's like, oh, which means you uh, had to have sex at some point then, right? He's like, yeah, yeah. Well, you can't do that, can you? He's like, no, no, no. What's that like? And the rabbi looks at me, goes, beats the fuck out of a ham sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sorry, it depends on the ham. <laughs> That's true. Good old Irish ham. Tell <laughs> everybody, ham. So everybody talks about the Irish and the potatoes and all that stuff. We're more of a ham country. Really. More of a ham country. <laughs> we are. Tell you what, <laughs> ham, green beans, and potatoes is one of my favorite meals of all time. I fucking love it. Oh, yeah? I grew up, I grew up with it. Love well, it. if slash when you come over here to visit, I will cook you ham, green beans, and mashed taters. Oh, sounds fucking delicious. Okay, so the question is, why were the Japanese soldiers like this? So we're going to give you a quick little history lesson um, for this. After all, this is a history podcast, contrary to what some would believe. What? Yeah. It's even in the tagline, <laughs> History of Human Cruelty. It's oh. right there in it. Ah, shit. Didn't uh, realize that. <laughs> yeah. So, because the history and culture plays a huge part into why the Japanese military were so surly, uh, you don't just wake up one day and decide to rape and murder thousands for no reason. It's something that's got to be baked in over time. And it all starts with the Americans. Okay, maybe not all. <laughs> but, but the reasons the Japanese decide to go to war in the first place really did fall on the Western civilization's inability to just leave shit alone. Yeah, not not all Americans. The Europeans play a pretty good part in it too, um, but we really get shit amped up. 
Yeah. So you see, <laughs> America. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Freedom costs fuck all five. So up until about the eight, until the 1850s, not about, up until the 1850s, Japan was an isolationist country. No outside influence from other nations. Borders closed. You stay, stay on your side, as as Doctor Scratch and Sniff used to say. Um, Is he German? <laughs> Doctor Scratch. Very German. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you guys not get Animaniacs over there in the nineties? <laughs> yeah. oh, we did. Yeah, I just can't remember an awful lot of it. I know, yeah, like, Doctor Scratch. And Sniff. Yeah. yeah. Actually, <laughs> it, it was his. It was his giant um, Swiss girlfriend who would always tell him, "Stay on your side." She didn't want him oh, touching her. I don't want. Oh well. Um, but this also meant that the military technology was far behind the rest of the civilized world. Well, in 1852, President Millard Fillmore decided that Japan staying isolationist just didn't fit right into the plans of the white man. So he dispatched Commander <laughs> Matthew Perry. No, not the Matthew Perry from Friends. Uh, Commander Matthew, again, 150. He bore down on them with the power of his third nipple. That's what he did. <laughs> My scone. My scone. <laughs> and they just folded. So Perry decided that maybe shocking the Japanese into submission was the best course of action. At this point, the Japanese were still using bow and arrows. So you can imagine the horror of the Japanese people when they saw two massive American ships sitting in their bay. Mm-hmm. Perry pretty much forced the Japanese into signing a treaty for trade with the U.S. Almost... Mafia mentality. Sure would be a shame if something happened to your country because you didn't yeah. want to sign a treaty. Because, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll offer you protection from who? Chef. From us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You need yeah. protection from who? Yeah. From what I'm going to do to you if you don't sign hey, this So you're a wise guy, eh? It's like, that, it's like that meme of Jesus knocking on the door. Let me in so I can save you. From what? Yeah. From what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... So Japan signs the treaty, but and this opens up the door for the Europeans to come in with their own trade agreements. Uh, now, this kind of stuck in the craw, as they say, of the Japanese. They were humiliated. They wanted revenge, but they would never win a fight at that point. So it became the plan of the hierarchy to sit back and wait. Then there was a revolution, based mostly on the fact that people lost trust in the leader at the time and put a new emperor in charge. One that brought back the Bushido warrior code. No surrender, and anyone that does is less than human. You know, the whole stabby in the old stomach if you do something dishonorable type stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the nationalistic slogans, revere the emperor, expel the barbarians, rich country, strong army, soon took hold. So the Japanese worked fervently on catching up with the rest of the world, scientifically, economically, and militarily. And how do you know if you're on the same level as your enemies? Well, you test it out. So oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. You don't just take a wild guess. You go find out. So in 1876, Japan decided that Korea seemed like a good place to start. Pulling the same shit that Perry had just two decades earlier... They arrived at Korea with five ships and forced the Korean government to sign a treaty. The Chandler Treaty. <laughs> then, about nine years later, Korea would sign a treaty with China. China. Yes. And the two would start fighting. This would be the first Sino-Japanese War, which I had hinted at the first episode. Yep. Japan actually won. And China had to pay 200 million tells in war dowries. I'm guessing that's like a old type of uh, money. It's a unit for measuring goats or cows <laughs> or some shit. Be. You know, it, that's just probably what it is. You know, it's, yeah, it's it guarantee it's something like that. <laughs> and they had to give Japan Taiwan. The Pescadeskers, an island chain near Taiwan, and the Liaodong region of Manchuria, plus four more treaty points. But 
Then those no-good Westerners decided that Japan shouldn't be able to advance that much into China and put a kibosh on the deal for the Laidong Peninsula. I believe it was France, Germany, and Russia. Oh, shocked at that now. Usually it's America that steps in and kind of goes, oh, you guys have a dealings here? Mm-mm, nope, this doesn't work in our favor. No, we no. We do like to kind of be the be the, the judge, jury, and executioner for everything. Yeah. 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 But no, this time it was it was it was Germany, France, and Russia, the, the trifecta. Oh. This again pissed the Japanese off. So by nineteen oh four, Japan had doubled its army and gave self sufficiency in the production of armaments. A year later, the Russo Japanese War would allow the Japanese to retake much of what they lost. And so the Japanese decided, hey, this expansion thing might be a good idea. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> I can just imagine, like, if they had to take over Russia, it'd be calling them, like, the Russianese. The Russianese. That, that'd, be, that'd be, like, the most lethal of all races, then, in that yeah. case. You know, like, the <laughs> Japanese yeah. ad- advancements combined with the Russian mentality and br- brutality. Like, it'd be... I can imagine what... What Mario would look like then? <laughs> you know. Well, it's one of those things where the Japanese are there just minding their own business, living their own lives, and we go and fucking kick the hornet's nest, and they're like, all right, fuckers, and they're just yeah. going to go take over everything. They could have yeah. easily been <laughs> fighting in Russia and taken over part of it. They they almost <clears> took <throat> over most of China, and Japan went, you know, 1850s, went from just this island nation to, you know, could have easily taken, you know, half of Asia, all because we went over there, and they're like, hey, fuckers. Yeah, the funny thing them. is, those, America was very young at that stage, too, like, you know, and yeah, it's still swinging its balls around the place kind of going yeah we're the big boys here huh you yeah. know well, they're literally I mean, we... just finished with the natives <laughs> they I mean, just well, finished 18... burying them well 1850 is right before we decide we're gonna fight each other I mean, yeah yeah you know, uh, you know the civil war started in you know early 1860s you know yeah you know again and and that's, that's because the japanese are too far away you see everybody was getting angsty at that stage yeah you know? well they knew at some point there was gonna have to be something that happened between the japanese and the americans because we you know that's the Pacific, the biggest ocean in the world, is what we, you know, between us. Yeah, and at least though, they, uh, did you ever play Fallout? The uh, games? Very little, very little. There's the whole the whole history and that to do with the Japanese invasion into America oh, yeah? and Alaska oh. and stuff is really interesting. Actually, if you look, if you read into it, it's it's, it's really cool. <laughs> like this, obviously, it's not something that happened, like you know, but right. it's a big big part of the game, you know, and it's, it's just yeah, it's, it's a really interesting part of it. But anyway. Yeah, Japanese got thrown back. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then the First World War would come around, and it didn't hurt anything for the Japanese either because of the need of Japanese steel and textiles. Their economy boomed. But when the war ended, so did the demand for military products, and many went unemployed. Then the American stock market crash reduced American purchase of Japanese products like silk and, and other shit, and more went unemployed. And then the Europeans started investing more in China than in Japan. Now, this all led to turmoil in the Japanese economy. On top of that, during the good time of the economy, people were happy and spending money. What do you do when you're in good times and happy? Well, people War. get people get fucking. <laughs> all right, and, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say people get killed. No, 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 they're happy. They're happy. Tickets are good. Let's go kill some foreigners. Let's they go. started fucking. They started fucking like crazy. And what happens when people get fucking? Babies. Babies. So from the time of the revolts to the end of the prosperity, for Japan, the population had grown from 30 million to 65 million. <laughs> Jesus. Now, if you don't know much about Japan, it is an island with yeah. very little farming area. But you know where there's an abundance of farming area? China. China. <laughs> yeah. So Japan, they saw that, but they also saw that it was its manifest destiny to expand into China and to free Asia from the influence of the Western civilization and eventually fight a war with the United States. Quote, Before a new world appears, there must be a deadly fight between the powers of the West and the East. This theory is realized in the American challenge to Japan. The strongest country in Asia is Japan, and the strongest country that represents Europe is America. 
These two countries are destined to fight. Only God knows when it will be. That was a Japanese uh, uh, general that wrote that in the book. Uh, yeah, the, the Japanese also felt like they saw themselves as the strongest, samurai code, all that shit. Yeah. And they were the protectors of Asia. They were right there on the edge of it. Nobody could really get to Asia without going through Japan or one of its or one of its, you know, colonies or whatever. So they saw themselves as the guardians of Asia, which meant they were the best of Asia and everybody else had to fall in line. Is that true? I mean, obviously, it's not, but that's how they saw themselves. Well, who would you so consider soon- them? Huh? Who would you consider to be the strongest in Asia? Then? Strongest in Asia? I mean, yeah. at this time, I guess you'd go with the Japanese because everybody was terrified of them. Now you'd probably go China. <laughs> I mean, I think they're smart enough now to know that numbers matter more. Well, yeah. If they have a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot soon, more of them. <laughs> yeah. Soon the Japanese and the Chinese were in an undeclared war. Small attacks on each other to poke the bear, as they say. Uh, the Japanese would bomb um, like a Japanese-owned railway to see if, if uh, you know, the Japanese public would rise up against the Chinese because this Japanese thing was uh, exploded. You know, Chinese people were being murdered so as to, you know, raise the ire of the of the Chinese. You know, it was one of those back and forth, not quite Cold War, uh, because it wasn't cold. People were dying, but you know, just small things, back and forth. So to prepare for all-out war that would eventually come, the Japanese took to molding young men and boys into soldiers early overtaking toy stores and turning them into virtual shrines to war, glorifying death and war and fighting until your last breath is the best way to honor your emperor and your country, pumping propaganda into the schoolrooms, instilling in boys hatred and contempt for the Chinese people. Uh, One story goes that a Japanese schoolboy burst into tears when he was told to dissect a frog, so his teacher punched him in the side of the head and screamed, Quote, yes, this is a quote, so don't get mad at me about the racial slur. Why are you crying about one lousy frog? When you grow up, you'll have to kill 100, 200 chinks. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. So pretty much, if you want a good example of what Japanese schools were then, just look at North Korea now. You know, how strict they are with regiment and, and all that good shit. Now, once you became old enough to join the military... They did everything to break your spirit and individualism so you'd, uh, so as to make you almost a drone, a small cog in the machine. Uh, beating soldiers down with fists or weapons, little food, overcrowded barracks, almost prison-like, and work to the point of almost death. And then after the skirmish started with the Chinese, Japanese soldiers finally trained the way the military had always hoped they could, with live targets. Chinese POWs, who were seen less than human because, one, they were Chinese, and two, they allowed themselves to get caught. They were used at, they were used for shooting and bayonet practice. Japanese soldiers were forced to kill over and over until it became second nature. So just basically instill it in them, drill it into them. Yeah. Learned it, behavior becomes part of the general psyche of the way it is to be in the military. Yes, yes. And that all came from the very top, from, from the top down. They wanted you to be an unquestioning, unthinking bee in the hive. You do what you're told, yeah, yeah. And, then, and kill, kill, kill. So, question remains, how many died in and around Nanking? Uh, what about the safety zone? What happened to all those uh, involved afterwards? And who were the heroes of Nanking? Yes, there are heroes. A few, actually. But some might make you feel a little uneasy. Kind of weird. We'll cover all that and the trial that followed on our third and final episode of The Rape of Nanking. See, you're giving me a look. Yeah, the hero, the hero yeah. aspect. Of, so the most, so, <laughs> I have okay. a few suspects it's based on... <laughs> The, 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 the heroes, the heroes are, are genuine heroes. There's no question about that. They, they, they do everything they can to save as many Chinese people as as, as possible. 
Yeah. There's there's just a, a thing about some of them, one specifically, um, but, uh, you know, one or two more that kind of, that, that you're going to be like, I don't know how I feel about that. So. And because of the person or because of what they do? Uh, the, the person, mostly. Uh, I think uh, I have a funny feeling of I know who that <laughs> is. Sure, yeah. Sure, <laughs> yeah. If you could follow yeah. history, I'm sure you probably have an yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, probably okay. a bit of an idea. So, uh, we would like to thank Dark Tales from the Road for starting off the episode. We will have a link to them in our show notes. Uh, go follow us on Instagram, all the socials, tor- at TorturePod. Uh, email us, torturepod@gmail.com. There's anything you would like for us to cover, or uh, if you have any comments, rate and review, uh, mostly on Apple, Podchaser too. Wherever you're listening, if there's a rate and review system there, please use it. Five stars, it really does help. Uh, Follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening. If you're just checking us out, just go ahead and hit hit the subscribe button. Will help. Yeah, uh, head over to our YouTube page where I'm doing uh, little snippets so you can see me and Dan and all of our horrified. Well, me laughing as I look at Dan's horrified face, <laughs> the things horrible things I'm saying. Uh, if you want to donate to the show, you can either our link tree, which you can do a straight donation there. Uh, you can find that on all of our socials, or you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com/slash/torturepod which can also be found on our link tree. I'm still working on uh, getting the Patreon going. Um, we have to have stuff for the Patreon for really a Patreon up, so, you know, that's what I'm working on. Um, we're working on uh, putting some merch out, looking real hard into getting some good stickers so we can start sending stickers to people. Uh, I love stickers. I'd, I'd, love, I'd, yeah. I'd love a sticker for putting on the old guitars. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, there's a there's a whole bunch of places to get you can get the see through ones the die cuts the metal the the, the vinyls the the uh, holographic I mean there's there's a bunch of different types so we'll shop around and, and see what we can find. Uh, I was thinking I want to get because of me and my guitar pedal addiction a torture yeah. fuzz made. Torture fuzz. Yeah. <laughs> Be pretty good. Well, maybe yeah. you're going to start building your own. You can name it whatever you want. Mm, uh, I don't think you're going to be doing that. Too much work involved and don't, oh. not enough time. If you want to do your thing, then it's kind of pick one thing and stick to it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's going to have I to be it. that. So, yeah. Well, Dan, unless you have any words of wisdom, I'm all out of shit to talk about today. <sighs> words of wisdom? Yeah. Here's something for you. Yeah, go ahead. You know what the problem is with shortbread? What's that? They don't make it any longer. <laughs> it's like that one um, they're not going to make 12 inch rulers any longer yeah <laughs> did you hear about shovel it was a groundbreaking invention <laughs> nice yeah you know where a general keeps his armies in his sleeveys oh, in his sleeveys yeah that's one of my or uh what's Whitney Houston's favorite type of coordination and I. <laughs> That's brilliant. Oh, All right, we got to we gotta have to say we that gotta one. Let people go. We've we've tortured them literally <laughs> enough with what we've talked about. We don't need to do it with the jokes. All right, uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. We will talk to you next week. We'll see you. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>